Good morning, brothers and sisters. Pom, 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 pom. Pom, 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 pom. Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you all doing? Hey, check it out. Guess what? Guess what? Guess what? Guess what? Big news, big news. It's beautiful days behind. I know, right? Oh. Oh. It's beautiful days to be alive. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Uh, how are you all doing? It's a beautiful morning. Shocked. Shocked by the beauty of this morning. I don't know what happened. Why do I feel so good? Why do I feel so good? Do you know what goes on normally? Well, not normally. I'll tell you what. Oftentimes, you know, anyway, morning show, I wake up very, very tired. I have to force myself, drag myself out, you know, get after it and I like force myself into the mindset of uh, feeling good and being useful and all that and we do it you know we do it but uh, this morning I just woke up and uh, just felt very 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 immediately joyful just immediately joyful I'm not quite sure why uh, I'm not quite sure why uh, particularly because my internet is so bad internet's terrible oh god look at it straight up terrible well maybe that will just immediately destroy my mood hang on Let's try, I'm going to try swapping to a different internet. We try, we try. I've been here. Uh, you know, we moved to Texas. It's been wonderful. People keep asking. I don't know if it's people. You know, sometimes you have the odd, like, one person maybe, like, messages you a lot on social media. And then you'd be like, oh, people keep asking. You're like, wait a minute. It's not people. It's just that one person. But they do it a lot. I've got one person. It is one person. But he, t- he does it, like, multiple times a day. He's like, oh, he keeps asking me about bugs. You know, and uh, scorpions, and uh, you know, all that, all that type of thing. And uh, <laughs> you know, I guess people are trying to think of. Uh, I wonder if this is propaganda coming out of like the DNC or something. I don't know if you saw there was a there was a news story the other day. Uh, it was uh, the the American Republican National Convention is going on, so that's the team. That's the team that the most of the news in this country likes to frame as the baddies. They frame those guys as the baddies, and they frame the other guys as the goodies. And they've got this whole thing going on where they've got, like, colors, and they give the baddies the color red because red signifies danger. It's very weird because in most countries across the world, uh, the other team, the team that are considered uh, quote-unquote left, get red, you know, uh... Russia, red, communist, red, all that type of thing, you know. But in, in this country, America, uh, and it was, this was done by the news, I think in the 80s or something, they gave the the the, uh, the, the so-called right team the red color. And uh, that signifies danger, I think. I think that's what was going on anyway. Anyway, they do this thing that's like, these guys are the goody-goodies and these guys are the baddies. And... Um, the ones they called the baddies had their uh, convention thing. And in it, they said something about uh, Los Angeles being like a dystopia that people are fleeing. And the, and the uh, LA Times ran a headline about this, all outraged as if that was entirely untrue. Like, how could... <laughs> Do you not live in, in your own place? I mean, it is literally 
uh, a crazed dystopia that, that people are fleeing. You know, and it's got some nice palm trees. But anyway, there's like, I've been getting all these people, all these people, this one guy. But I think other people on other platforms, maybe it's one guy under multiple accounts, going, oh, aren't you worried about the bugs? Oh, aren't you worried about scorpions? Oh, aren't you worried about tarantulas? Oh, I hear that, like, there are insects that kill children in Texas. da 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 da, da. <laughs> There's, like, a strange campaign to make me, like, not like Texas or something, to make people not like Texas. Uh, I've had no trouble with scorpions or tarantulas. My wife saw a scorpion, and she just picked it up like you would a spider, you know, with a cup and a piece of paper, and she took it outside. That was that. That was that. You know, he took the scorpion outside. Uh, Hercules, he came on stream the other day to point out that he had just seen a tarantula bigger than his own fist. They didn't do anything. Yeah, I didn't do anything. Uh, it's very nice out here. Uh, in fact, the only problem I've had in Texas is the internet. The only problem. Uh, one of the reasons I moved to this specific house, uh, you know, I checked with the what was said to be the best internet providers uh, who told me that the internet here was amazing. They told me the speeds. I was like, oh my goodness, that's like five times what I get here in Los Angeles at the time. And uh, I was very excited. You know, I do two, two internet streaming shows a day. So having good internet is very, very important. Uh, and then I moved here and indeed the internet was blazing fast and brilliant. However, blazing fast, but it just stops for a couple of seconds like every 10 minutes or something I don't know and uh, it has done every day since and I've had engineers out uh, I think seven times now no one's been able to do anything so I'm stuck in this weird position where I have to broadcast twice a day uh, with uh, internet that just kind of like leaves me in a state of constant near terror because <laughs> uh, there's nothing I can do about it and everyone gets all upset you know it seems to be worse on the evening shows. I'll be doing an evening show and like it'll just pull out for like a whole minute during, and you like you'll have a hundred people there and then half of them will leave. You know, it's very stressful, it's very stressful. But I guess it's just one of these G double O D situations where I'm just being tested. You know, you just have to learn to deal with whatever eventuality. Uh, Ramazuo says, "Who should provide him? My provider is Spectrum. Spectrum." And, uh, you know, they're supposedly the best in the area and no one else comes close to their speeds and da-da-da-da-da. I don't know. I've also, I mean, I mainly also, by the way, run off a backup internet. A backup mobile internet, which is a lot more consistent. But that also sometimes has little dropouts. You know? Um, as it was doing just now. So I've just swapped it for the other internet. So we're now running on the main internet. But, you know, frankly, when... Uh, you know, before, what issues did I have in Los Angeles? Uh, you know, uh, crackheads just uh, running at me and my son as we were walking to the shop. You know, that would happen. Um, Antifa parking outside the house and then setting the local neighborhood on fire. You know, those are issues we had. Uh, you know, the, uh, the local authorities saying they're going to fine you thousands of dollars if you're not wearing a mask while you're walking around outside just straight up walking around you know all sorts of crazy issues that i no longer have in fact the only issue i now have it seems is the issue of the internet and of course there's someone who streams four hours a day that's quite a big issue but that is my only issue you know scorpions aren't an issue tarantulas aren't an issue the ideologically possessed tarantulas are not an issue life is beautiful i went to the lake yesterday you know, uh, it's so nice going to the lake. Go in the lake with your kid. You know, there's ducks. The ducks came out to greet us and sort of swam with us, you know. All the ducks were swimming in the water with us. Very nice. Very nice. I mean, it's basically, it's just beautiful. It's very beautiful. I'm very, very happy here. And that the only problem I have is uh, internet, and it, and internet is a blessing. I think maybe that's why I woke up so happy, because I think my mind contextualized that. Because so I was a bit stressed yesterday after last night's show. The internet was being really annoying for like an hour. An hour. We did. What was the show last night? We counted down the top 50 Meaning Wave songs. The Meaning Wave top 50. We counted down. Great show, you know, great show concept, people very excited, but internet very, very spotty. And then people are leaving all these messages, kind of having a go at me, like it's, like it's my fault, like there's anything I can do about it. Um, 
you know, so I was a bit stressed. And then I went, but I went to bed and I guess my mind worked it out because I woke up just feeling happy. And I think it's because I was grateful. You know, I think I woke up, I think I sorted that out. Woke up happy and grateful, you know. Uh, what's up, Kerry Sharp says, what does MAZ mean? MAZ means uh, Meaning Wave Autonomous Zone. That is the beautiful digital space that we've constructed here. We set one up on Twitch, we set one up on YouTube. And, uh, you know, that's what it is. Feels like it works. Feels like it works. Speaking of which, hey, let's play this record. Uh, this was uh, a new entry in the Meaning Wave Hot 150. And for some reason, the data got a bit muddled and uh, it didn't show up in the top 50 list, but it should have. So I'm going to just, I'm going to sort that out today. And we're going to be putting the Meaning Wave Top 50 as a playlist on Spotify. And we'll update that every month. So the top Meaning Wave Top 50 is going to be a playlist on Spotify as of today. All right, at long last, the user interface for reality. Some of these things you're going to say, hey, I've heard about those. First, you must accept the frame, at least as a filter, that there could be a subjective reality and that you can, can manipulate it. You should accept that systems work better than goals. People are telling me every day that they implemented systems and it changed their life. This is one of the biggest buttons on the interface for life. If you don't like where you are and you want to go somewhere else, learn how to build systems for everything from your diet to your career to your social life, fitness, everything. idea that if you intelligently add new talents, you become not just a little bit better, but exponentially better because talents really explode your capability and your options. So this is one of the biggest, biggest buttons of the interface to reality. It feels like it works. Hey. It feels like it works. Feels like it works. It feels like it works. Yeah, it do. The interface to reality. It feels like it works. It feels like it works. It feels like it works. Affirmations, the idea of writing down or visualizing your goals, seems to be something that gives you the impression that it works. And I say that very carefully. Does it work? Do affirmations change reality? I don't know. I don't know. I can tell you that when I've used them, the results I've gotten don't seem like anything could have been natural. I cured an incurable voice problem. I had ridiculous stock market luck when I used the affirmations. My career, as I told you, is just crazy. The interface to reality. It feels like it works. It feels like it works. It feels like it works. The interface to reality. It feels like it works, but I'm not gonna tell you it does. You should see these as filters. If it feels like it works, keep, keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. If it feels like it works, keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. The interface to reality. It feels like it works. It feels like it works. It feels like it works. The interface to reality. It feels like it works, but I'm not going to tell you it does. Yeah, feels like it works, baby. The in space for reality. 
uh, from the album with Scott Adams, which uh, had a bunch of tracks in the top 50. Yesterday, new entries in the top 50. Of course, number one in the top 50. Number one in the top 50 was a brand new entry from Joseph Rogan. Joseph Rogan in Akira the Dawn. I don't want to hear that. Cheep. Number one. Uh, in other news, Joseph Rogan followed your boy on Twitter the other day. I take that as a good sign. You know, I take that as a good omen. Good omen, you know. You look for omens. When you're engaged in hyper-productivity experiments, you look for signs and you look for omens. Because you ain't got time to overthink things. You ain't got time uh, for the, the levels of um, sort of over-consideration that certain industries go for. You know, when you're, when you're like this uh, machine, as I am, <laughs> when you're a machine uh, that creates universes, uh, audio universes and multiple albums uh, all the time, you know, you ain't got time for that kind of thing. You have to pay attention to science. You have to pay attention to science. Switch Hero Alex says, I can't believe Fear Factor didn't make the top 50. Well, you've got to bear in mind that the record had only been out for a week and a half when the data was crunched. You know? Uh, so that was the top 50 for the past 28 days for August, basically. That was the top 50 for the month of August. So that was all the streams throughout August. And the Joseph Rogan album had only been out for a week and a half when that, when that chart was done. You know? So that... That any songs from it at all were in there just shows how much people are streaming it, you know. And uh, you know, people are enjoying Fear Factor very much. Fear Factor is a fantastic song. Uh, also, by the way, I need to make a video for that Fear Factor song. I will put something uh, in the Discord about this. But if anyone knows what episode he's talking about and has like video footage of the episode he's talking about in the song Fear Factor, uh, that would be really useful. So I can make a music video for the song. Fear Factor. You dig? Freedom. Shouts out to everyone who, everyone, a couple of people said, oh, don't worry about the internet. Don't worry, it's great. Well, you say that, but like you say that, but then all the other people who send me angry messages, <laughs> they obviously are not as uh, tolerant as you of uh, spotty internet. And then all the people who just abandon the stream, they're also not as tolerant as you. And frankly, I can't blame them. You know, I can't blame them. Uh, I'll be praying on Elon setting up a Starlink over my house, you know. Elon, give me a Starlink, baby. Here's a weird thing that happened yesterday. Here's a weird thing that happened yesterday. We're talking about science, you know, science. We're asking for science, science being sense, all that sort of thing. Yesterday morning, I was doing a little bit of research um, by listening, by doing a bit of archaic revivaling. A little archaic revivaling, you know, uh, going back and listening to some old music. Music that I loved when I was a little kid. And then some music that uh, made by that, that same band that I'd never heard. That came out like before I got into them. There was a band called The Shaman. They, they were one of the pivotal bands in the creation of Meaning Wave, I realized in retrospect. Because they had a song on their album, Boss Drum, in 1991. Which was uh, one of my favorites. Um, I was 10 or 11 when that came out. And I really loved that record. And they had a song on there with Terrence McKenna. And, uh, you know, that was when he was alive, you know, and they were homies with him because they all used to trip out together, you know. They were trippy fellows, th this band. I mean, they were called The Shaman. I mean, makes kind of makes sense, right? And uh, they had a song with Terrence McKenna, you know. And uh, I was listening to them, and I was I was looking into their earliest stuff. I was Wikipediaing them. You know, when I was a kid, there was no Wikipedia. If you went to a band, you had to read Smash Hits or something and read what they told you about the band. And uh, it wasn't necessarily very good because music journalists aren't necessarily very good, you know, as we discussed before. And I was like, just reading the Wikipedia of this band, who were my favorite band, by the way, when I was like 10. I was like, wow, I didn't know all this stuff. I didn't know they had three albums before they had that one album that I really loved and all this type of thing. 
because you know back in the day you were a prisoner of the of the media you know if the media or the people on the radio didn't tell you a thing you didn't know about it you had no way of knowing about it uh you know it's one of the reasons being here in the future is so epic you know and uh you know it's important to not forget that it's important to not forget that baby it's important to remember the blessings of the now one of the blessings of the now is you can go research a band and you can just immediately listen to all their stuff you know so i was listening to their very very early stuff and i was listening to the the stuff before they discovered acid house i was listening to the stuff from uh all this stuff i was listening to all this stuff Good 45 minutes in the morning researching The Shaman. And I was thinking to myself, I was thinking, hmm, kind of a record that's kind of stylistically, uh, sonically, sort of similar to some of this Shaman stuff, the early Shaman stuff, with completely different um, percussion, but a similar organic texture, would be a really good soundscape for uh, a new Elon project. I thought to myself, and I made some notes, and I put down some things as references, you know. And uh, then I got got on with d the work of the day, which was the music of the day, which was something quite different. And uh, then, you know, I don't look at the internet for the first three hours or so of the day. I don't look at Twitter or whatever it is, uh, like other people's stuff. I might check my own mentions if I need to mine, if I need to, for whatever reason, you know, answer them or something. Um, but anyway, Elon, yesterday, posted... Uh, a picture of an old synthesizer. I think that's what it was. And the caption was, Old school analog synthesizer from ancient Britain. And uh, the picture on it was a patch. And the patch is, He's a good patch. He's a good uh, is from the Shaman's Number one smash, Ebenezer Good, a uh, pro ecstasy sneaky anthem that pretended to be about a guy called Ebenezer Good, but the chorus went, "Ease a good, ease a good, ah, is Ebenezer Good." Anyway, so Elon Musk yesterday posted uh, a synthesizer with the sound patch from the Shaman's number one hit. On the same day, I went time traveling back in time. By the way, the Shaman, you know, it's not like the Shaman are a massive band that everyone talks about all the time. I was like looking at the Shaman stuff on YouTube. You know, their old stuff's got like 6,000 views. You know, the Shaman, uh, while they reached a level of fame at a certain point in their career, uh, pretty rare now. So that was just another one of those weird simulation glitching the heck out situations. What are the odds that I would spend an hour researching the Shaman and uh, decide that I was going to use that vibe as a as an inspiration for an Elon record and then Elon would tweet something about the shaman on the same day. What what are the what are the odds of that? In a sane universe. You know? Uh, speaking of sane universe, how is the internet doing for you? Is this thing just just choppily broadcasting? I've got a preview of it up on one of my screens and it looks like it is. Is it is it choppy for you? Please let me know your experience uh, of this broadcast. Is it just annoyingly choppy? Is it always annoyingly choppy? By the way, I mean, how... Uh, how consistently bad is the internet on these broadcasts? And please be honest with me. Because I haven't been really monitoring that. I've, I've been busy doing a broadcast. I'm not there looking at the... Looking at it the whole time. But I am today. And it looks like it's really fucking choppy. Uh, Quackeruni says the audio is good. <laughs> what does that mean? Does that mean the visual is bad? Is that what it means? Video is choppy, but I'm mostly just listening. Oh, uh, see, I wonder. I wonder why. I wonder why it is that I've been like broadcasting for so hard and so long, and it doesn't seem to be growing that much. Uh, and I'm constantly getting people complaining. Um, <laughs> might have to quit, you know. Might have to quit. Well, I'll think about it. Because I cannot carry on like this. I cannot carry on like this. No, no. I cannot carry on like this. Um, let's listen to that Terrence McKenna and the Shaman record. 
Let's listen to that. We've never listened to that on the show before. And I haven't listened to it in a, in, in a long time. I can't even remember what it sounds like. You know. Here we go. Imagine your 10-year-old Akira the Dawn lying in your bunk bed. So as this comes on. Really work. 
have risen outside, above, beyond the dimensions of ordinary space-time and casuistry, and actually seen the wiring under the board, stepped outside the confines of learned culture and language into the domain of what Wittgenstein called the unspeakable, the transcendental presence of the other, which can be sectioned in various ways to yield systems of knowledge which can be brought back into ordinary social space for the good of the community. So in the context of 90% of human culture, the shaman has been of evolution, because the shaman learns the techniques to go between ordinary reality and the domain of the ideas, this higher dimensional continuum that is somehow parallel to us, available to us, and yet ordinarily occluded by the cultural convention out of fear of the mystery, I believe. And what shamans are, are people who have been able to decondition themselves of the mystery and to go into it, to go into this bewildering higher dimension and gain knowledge, recover the jewel lost, the meaning of time, save souls, cure, commune with the ancestors, and so forth and so on. A shamanism is not a religion, it's a set of techniques, and the principal technique is the use of psychedelic plants. What psychedelics do is they dissolve boundaries. And in the presence of dissolved boundaries, one cannot continue to close one's eyes to the ruination of the earth, the poisoning of the seas, and the consequences of 2,000 years of unchallenged dominator culture based on monotheism, hatred of nature, suppression of the female, so forth and so on. So what shamans have to do is act as exemplars by uh, making this cosmic journey to the domain of the Gaian ideas and then bringing them back in the form of art to the struggle to save the world.
revolution out into the mainstream of society. I think the youth culture that is emerging in the 90s is an end of the millennium culture that is actually summing up uh, Western civilization and pointing us in an entirely different direction that we're going to arrive in the third millennium. Yeah, Terence McKenna and the Shaman there. Terence McKenna and the Shaman. Uh, they were my favorite band when I was like 10, 11 for uh, like six months or something. It's amazing when I look back. Like, you know, when you're a kid, you can have uh, you can have a best friend for like four months, then you have a different one. You know, it's kind of like their music. Like, so much uh, can be packed into a short space of time when you're a kid. You know, so much can happen in one summer. It's like what would happen in 10 years of a grown-up person's life, you know? Emotionally, with regards to discovery, all that sort of thing. But for a short while back there, when I was 10 or 11, The Shaman was my favorite band, and that song was on their album Boss Drum, which we were all very excited about, because that was the album that came out uh, after they started sort of blowing up. I think I first heard them with, like, Move Any Mountain, and... I think that was it, you know, uh, which was the previous album. And then this album came out. And yeah, it had that collaboration with Terence McKenna, which was, uh, you know, he was alive at the point and they were friends. They actually, you know, performed that song live a few times. Um, so that's kind of interesting. I'd completely forgotten about that record until relatively recently when I d did some archaic revival stuff, uh, partly inspired by that song I did with Terence McKenna called The Archaic Revival. And I started listening to music I was listening to when I was a little kid to see if there was anything, any vibes there that I could bring back. Shaman was one of the things I looked into. And it's interesting now to think, I used to have a big poster of that album cover on my wall when I was 10 or 11, and I used to lie there and, and uh, listen to it in the dark. You know, when everyone else had gone to bed and I was supposed to be in bed, uh, I would listen to that over and over. And I wonder what it did. I wonder what it did. You know, I spoke with Grant Morrison about this sort of stuff. He writes comics. Um, you know, it's one of the things he does. Uh, he's currently... Uh, this Brave New World TV show that, that he is responsible for. I haven't seen it yet. But anyway, he, he was telling me about how when he was a little kid, one of the things that kind of changed his brain and acted for him as a kind of portal that put him into a different state of being and into a different world that he, he now lives in all the time and creates from... Uh, the thing that did that was seeing 2001 A Space Odyssey when he was like I don't know, 10 or something and he said he got his mum to, to take him to see it I think like 7 or 8 times or something at the movie theatre and it completely transformed him uh, and he felt it like it practically and physically put him into another dimension from which he is the one he now operates and I think that record might have had a similar effect on me. The combination of that record and seeing uh, Akira, the anime, at around the same time, 10, 11, that's what I was up to. Listening to that shit and watching that shit, and now here, here we are. Now here we are. Very interesting. Very interesting. Uh, Shouts out to Terrence McKenna, of course. He was quoting William Blake there. On that record, what's the line? Uh, the truth, was it the truth we've told in a way that people understand will be believed? Uh, which may be true. Certainly uh, a lie told in, in, in a fashion that people will understand is believed. And we see that playing out all the time. All the time. But yeah, Thomas McKenna was a very interesting guy. Uh, and that's a funny thing. I'd forgotten about all this. I used to read all these music magazines. I used to devour them. I was obsessed. And uh, he was in them. You know, there was interviews with Terence McKenna around the time that album came out. They kind of took him out with him on a press tour. You know? On a press tour. And Terence McKenna would say things like, uh, 
What was this article I just found? I see this stuff, he's talking about music, as a vehicle for propaganda. And this youth culture is very astute on how bankrupt the values of the middle class are. What are they going to have handed on to them? The whole planet has been looted right in front of them. So getting this kind of message out is empowering an underclass that is going to inherit the world. Hmm. Hmm. Terrence McKenna. Uh, anyway. Yeah, shouts out to The Shaman. Uh, shouts out to Elon Musk. Shouts out to the ghost of Terrence McKenna. And since we just discussed it, I guess it makes sense to listen to this record. Oh, shouts out to everyone who made their way back. You know, we were talking about the crappy internet. And uh, it got so crappy that the whole broadcast disconnected and restarted. Um, I really don't know what I'm going to do about all this, by the way. And I'm sure there has to be some way, some way of sorting something out. I, I mean, I really don't hope I don't have to move. I don't want to go live in a city. I can't live in a city. Been there, done that. The way I think of the psychedelics Woo. is they are catalysts to the imagination. They were back a hundred thousand years ago. The imagination, which was just this glimmering this iridescence on the surface of ape cognition was under the influence of the reciprocal feedback of self-reflection that is created by watching your own mind. Watching your own mind. Watching your own mind. your own mind because it has suddenly become interesting because it has suddenly been flooded by a psychoactive amine that iridescence has been coaxed into language art architecture music poetry the whole ball of wax but now we know these things we can uncover of our origin. I'm very keen for the notion of what I call the archaic revival. And the archaic revival is this overarching metaphor that is the way for us to go to save our necks at this point. When a culture gets into trouble, Instinctively, what it does is it goes back through its own past until it finds a moment where things seem to make sense. And then it brings that moment forward into the present. The archaic revival brings that moment forward into the present. The archaic revival brings that moment forward into the present. Bring that moment forward into the 
McKenna there with the RK Revival. Interesting that he says at the end uh, we have to reach back to just before the uh, invention of agriculture. And then you look at the sort of diets that have started to become popular just recently, uh, which are diets uh, based around that period. Very interesting. Very interesting. Shout out to Terence McKenna. Like I've been saying, Terence McKenna is going to become increasingly important and increasingly quoted and increasingly referenced as we plunge into the neo-psychedelic wholesome age uh, at the top of this year, probably more like around early February or something like that. If we're going to be very, very specific about timings, but that's what I would say. We're at the. Uh, I need to do. I need to do a map of this. I need to do a map of this. Uh, the Shaman. That album, Boss Drum, was literally the peak of that particular psychedelic swing. I've spoken about this a lot, but there's a, a thing I have observed, and I'm not alone in this, many have observed in uh, the world wherein culture seems to swing like a pendulum on a seven-year clock from punk to psychedelic is one way of thinking about it. That's one way of framing it. You know, we're currently right at the peak of the what you would call punk swing, the, the nihilist, dark, all that, and you can see that reflected in everything. And I've been saying this for many, many years, you know? And I said that 2020 would be the peak of that, and 2020 uh, would be uh, an outpouring of rage and anger and nihilism and screaming and people running around wearing black and setting fires to things. And uh, boom, bang on time, here we are. And it's funny, because, uh, funny. I mean, if you recall in the early streams in March, just when Tom Hanks and his filthy disease was kicking up, I was saying, interesting, all this despair and horror and people scared and all that. That's what, what I was predicting for this time period, but I was expecting it to be more expressed in the form of people running around outside, setting fires to things and screaming dressed in black. And then that happened afterwards. So, so uh, that was all bang on point. But the good thing about that being all bang on point means that the other the stuff that follows is bang on point. And what follows is an explosion of uh, creativity. An explosion of creativity ramping up into a hitherto unknown to us new level of empathy. That will be a part of it. A vast empathy. And also, if you think about what's been going on with, with the culture... You think about the, the complete lack of empathy that's been a hallmark of the, this particular part of the early days of social media and that sort of thing. Uh, the dehumanization of uh, the species from person to person. You know, the, the pendulum swing on that, of course, will go in the other direction. And you'll have a radical empathy and you'll have people waking up to a radical awareness of how connected they are from, uh, from what source they all spring. And how how you know how they're all aspects of the same thing, and how how connected they are, you know. And uh, that's going to be a beautiful thing. So we've got a lot of beautiful things ahead of us. We just got to get through this uh, this thing we're in right now. And the thing we're in right now is definitely something we can get through, and we've been through far far worse, far far worse. This one feels bigger because uh, because of the nature of our uh, evolution digitally and how that's currently harnessed and used in its infancy in its brutish uh, inaugural stages but that's all just to be expected that's all part and parcel of what's going on you know as a part and parcel of the growth, is a part and parcel of the swing. Every time that swing happens, it gets a little bit more powerful in each direction. It hits a little harder. Boom, boom, boom. This time, you see, last time it hit, it peaked. 
at around the time The Shaman dropped that album. It peaked with, with uh, psychedelic hippie pop bands having number one smash hit singles. Uh, it peaked with rave culture and uh, people in fields on ecstasy having these brief, brief iterations of, of the potential, their potential connected nature and all that. Before suddenly that very peak summer, new laws were created that made those gatherings illegal and uh, the culture just shifted, pum, just overnight. The difference between 92 and 93, you know? You went from that to uh, Kirk Cobain. You went from, I can move, move, move any mountain, love, sex, intelligence, ooh, uh, to, you know? Just overnight, pum, the culture just shifted like that. On on a dime, baby, and that's how it goes. That's how quick it quick it occurs. There wasn't the internet then, though. Here's the thing: this time, when it happens, it's going to happen so much harder because it's going to reach so many more people and so many more people. Like what was I saying earlier about last time? You know, you had to read smash hits, you had to read a magazine to kind of know a bit about what was going on. You know, this time you don't. This time, all those, gatekeep those gatekeepers' powers have dissolved. That's why they're also pissed off and bitter and ranty and angry and shouty and name-cally uh, on Twitter and stuff, you know? Because their power has evaporated and they're fully aware, you know? Even if they're not cogniz cognitively aware that they know on, on a deeper level, they understand. And they don't like it. You know, they don't like it. People don't like it when their power is gone. When you give someone power, the problem with giving people power is they will never, ever, ever uh, willingly relinquish it. Unless there is a fundamental change in them and they become a different thing, you know? So that's what's going on right now. They're just upset, baby. And uh, it's a new day. And the new iteration of what was going on there in 1991 uh, is going to be happening over here. 92, 92, 91, 92. Like that period... The new version of that, the future, the new neo future version of that, the version of that where everybody's online. Last time that was really going on, people were talking about being online. People were trying to explain what the internet was to people. Uh, yesterday morning, I watched an old interview with Mr. C from The Shaman from about 92. It was from about 92. He was on Melinda Messenger's TV show. He was on there with Mark Lamar and <laughs> a bunch of people. These names will mean nothing to a lot of you. These were like famous TV personalities, you know. And Mr. C from The Shaman is on there. And uh, they're saying, oh, so what's going on with the band? And he's like, oh, well, we're, um, you know, we kind of, we're not breaking. They're like, are you breaking up? I heard you were breaking up. And he's like, no, we're not breaking up. We're just going into the internet. And at that point, no one knew what the internet was. He's like, we're going into the internet. We're going to be a digital band. We'll just perform. We'll be online performances. You'll be able to listen to all of our music online. It will only exist online. We're going to become a digital band. No one knew what that meant. No one knew what that was. No one could visualize that or anything. Everyone looked at him like he was mental, and everyone and the audience all laughed. Now everyone knows what that means, and that's normal. That's what everything is. The whole world did that. That's what the whole world did. So this time is going to be very, very different. Uh, James Bakery says, any thoughts on the KLF? Well, it was the KLF. It was, uh, I think it was Jimmy Corti from the KLF who I first read talking about that seven-year cultural shift, and the KLF uh, were very, very influential on me, very, very... Um, uh, brilliant group just musically they were brilliant I love their music and then conceptually uh, I love them and the stuff they were talking about is all the stuff that's going to be very very important now they were also very pivotal and powerful in that particular cultural swing and then the second 90, 92, 92, 93 came along they were done they were done you know because they couldn't exist in that materialist world and they uh they pivoted they they kind of announced the move into it they were this kind of like digital hippie uh sort of rave acidy you know they, they were they were they were doing mashups long before there was even the word mashup you know they did an album sampling like abba and all this type of stuff and putting break beats all over it you know uh and they reached the height of their their popularity and fame in sort of 91 or whatever it was and uh, they were invited onto the Brit Awards, and they signaled the shift from uh, psychedelic to, to nihilist punk, etc., that was going to happen by turning up all dressed in black, wielding uh, 
prop machine guns and uh, and did like a death metal version of their biggest song. They performed a death metal version of their biggest song, then announced that they were leaving the music industry and uh, left a dead sheep carcass at the door of the after show party. And then that was them done. The next anything anyone heard from them was they invited some journalists to come out to an island with them where they proceeded to burn a million pounds in front of the journalists, which was the money they'd made from their career as the KLF. And with that, they disappeared and uh, grunge and Britpop and all these things emerged as the sort of cultural uh, touchstones and the culture shifted from that colorful psychedelic to, uh, to, well, to what it shifted to. And that's how it goes, baby. And we're going to see the same thing happen over the next 12 months. And, uh, you know, I'm very much here for it. I'm very excited, you know. And uh, we're all going to be a part of it. And we'll all get to contribute. And we can basically be as much of a part of it as we wish. We can be as big or small a part of it as we like. And we can engage at the level that is comfortable to us. But that we're aware of it, that we know in advance that it's happening, when many do not. Most do not. Maybe people do instinctively, or, or but a lot of people are taught. You know, they're taught. One of the things, you, the, one of the purposes of school, is to teach children to ignore their instincts. Society teaches you to go against your instincts and ignore your instincts and go against what everybody knows to be inherently true, and they're very explicit about it. You know, a huge part of what wokeism is as a cult is uh, is trying to get you to reject that which you know to be true and to accept an inversion of that, you know? And that's one, that's one way you control people, you know? You know, this is all very old. This was all in... This is, this is all in old. That was the whole point of, you know, 2 plus 2 equals 5 in... In uh, 1984, if, if I can get you to just believe, you don't just say it. In 1984, where they're like, you have to say that 2 plus 2 is 5. It's not just that you say it because you're scared. You have to believe it. And once they can make you believe something inherently, obviously absurd and untrue, then they own you. And that's kind of the part of what's going on there. Uh, and that's why they try and, uh, you know, stomp out intuition and instinct and try, try and make you not. Because that, that sort of shit just works. Do you know how good that works? That works so good that like, I can see someone coming into the chat, right? And I can just see a screen name in a couple of words that I instantly know uh, if they're gonna be a problem. Instantly. Your gut just not, you just know, and you gotta pay attention to that shit, you know? So anyway, if you're paying attention to that shit, you'll be cool. And uh, you'll be able to ride the wave going forward, you know? You can't control the ocean, but you can learn how to surf. You know what I mean? And you gotta pay attention to all that stuff. You gotta use your instinct. You know, and if you just if you pay attention to that stuff, and uh, you're gonna be cool, baby. It's gonna be a beautiful seven years. It's gonna be an epic seven years, and it's gonna be real crazy when it peaks. And then you're gonna be ready to go in the other direction, because when we go back in the other direction, it's gonna be a whole new world. It's gonna be a world of Neuralink, a world of quantum computing. You know, Star Trek world is coming but we get to decide whether we're going to go into star trek world or whether we're going to go into terminator this part of what's going on is we're at that juncture we're at that crossroads and we get to choose star trek next generation the terminator you know and obviously i know which side i'm on which is why uh why i'm doing what i'm doing you know why what we're doing what we're doing here so on that bombshell I'd like to thank you all for being here this morning uh, suffering through the, uh, the dodgy internet you know we complain we complain but, but uh, like really I mean this is a miracle it's a miracle look at this it is a miracle. You're listening to my beautiful dulcet tones and you're seeing this beautiful purple digital thing. This actually looks, I was looking at those old Shaman music videos, you know, just this, just this basic streaming setup is like higher than the level of quality they had with like $100,000 uh, record label budgets. And we just have this in our houses now, you know what I mean? Anyone can do this shit. 
And maybe the internet's a little bit spotty, but... <laughs> this is pretty amazing. This is so amazing. This is all that stuff that Terence McKenna was talking about back in 1991. And more. You know? This is where we are, baby. We're in the future. We're living in the future. And I'm very excited to step into that future with you. With you, baby. Brave citizens of the MAZ. So thank you all for being here this morning. This was, uh, I, know, I didn't know what was going to happen on the show this morning. I just knew when I woke up, I felt good. I was excited. I was excited to get up here. I thought I was going to do like uh, maybe some kind of high energy DJ set, something like that. But uh, we ended up having a chatty on, didn't we? We ended up having a chatty on. And, uh, and uh, you know, and that's a beautiful thing. So, yeah, thank you all for being here. Uh, keep an eye on the Instagram for behind the scenes on the new record. Uh, we'll be on YouTube later on. Got a new video dropping tomorrow. Um, yeah, I think, I, think, I, think, I think we'll keep the announcements light for today. As always, people do ask, so I should say. Uh, you can go at meaningwave.com. That's where you get T-shirts and things like that. People be asking me. I just saw a thing flash up on my phone just now. Someone left a comment on last night's video saying, where do I buy that T-shirt? So I guess I do need to keep telling you. Meaningwave.com. Meaningwave.com to buy the T-shirt. You can make a donation at the link below. You can download all the music on Bandcamp. Uh, you can support on Patreon if you want to do that sort of thing. And you can join me for that by five, you know? And you can also uh, hang out on Meaning Wave Radio 24-7 on YouTube. I mean, how's that for futuristic? That's all that stuff the Shaman was talking about. We got that. We got the 24-hour radio stations. You know, we got the live stream broadcasts. We've got the swirly background visuals. <laughs> Three, two, one. Brap, brap, brap. What up, Cotton Kangaroo? says, Mum wants me to stop calling her at midnight to tell her Meaning Wave exists. No, she doesn't. She loves it when you call her and tell her Meaning Wave exists. You better go do that right now. Mwah.